thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. to another edition of the Rough Cut Sportscast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, alongside your boy. Look at him. So just cat, just so modest, so modest over there. He is A.J. Johnson. What's up, Mr. Modesty on this beautiful April 1st? How the hell are you? Um, you know, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. There's many people out there who are better than me, uh, you know, feeling wise, not in life because I'm pretty awesome, but, uh, you know, there's prettier people and, uh, you know, just getting my modesty on, you know, getting my humble. I'm staying humble. Oh, there you go. There, I'm, I'm glad How you're are you I'm, doing today, buddy. I'm doing fantastic, dude. I am. I am so hyped on this show. I've been ready mm. for the Like, there's just one thing like we did our mock draft shows and we did our like team previews before. And there's just nothing like April. And there's nothing like draft season, like this month of draft season. It was a tough March for both of us, for all, for everyone in the Rough Cut crew. It was tough. Man. But now we're in April, and things have obviously started to change, and we're feeling it. We're pumped up today. We've got a great show ahead of us. We are going to be talking about the first eight picks of the NFL draft that's up that's coming up later on this month. It's the Jags, it's the Bengals, it's the Jets, it's the Falcons, it's the uh, Lions, the Panthers. It's gonna it's gonna be fantastic. We are very very excited. But AJ, it is April first here. It is April first, and I want to You're play a game. Get me. I want to play a game with you. Okay. Okay, Mr. This Stahl. is going to be this is going to be a lot of fun for me because obviously I know all the answers and you do not. But we're going to be playing a little buy or sell. But this is an April Fool's twist, okay? So we're putting a spin on this buy sell. So basically, all you have to do is determine whether this stat or fact is a lie or if it actually happened. And this is all around last season in the NFL, okay? Just around last season in the NFL. Fans at home, first of all, thank you for listening and tuning in, but this is your chance. Prove that you're smarter than AJ. Jump in the chat and let us know the answers if you know the answers. If you know, you, you know. Ready? If you know, I'm never you know. ready. <laughs> well, I'm I, never I, ready, I, so let's the, just do it anyways. First game, <laughs> first, first one here. The Titans, the Tennessee Titans scored more points last season than the Kansas City Chiefs. Is this an April Fool's joke or nah? Nah, I think they did. There were some games where the Titans or the Chiefs got into some uh, little barn burners, specifically with the Raiders. So uh, I think the Titans had a couple. That the Titans had a couple barn burners themselves, but they were in the thirty point range. The Chiefs were in the sixteen seventeen. So I'm gonna say this is real. This is real. So you're saying the Titans did score more points last season than the Kansas City Chiefs? Yes. Final answer. Final answer. Look at you, one hey. for one. One for one. April Fools ain't fooling you, buddy. April Fools is not fooling <laughs> you. Next one here. Next one here. Going on the defensive side of the ball. The Washington football team allowed less points all season long than the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Is this one an April Fool's joke or not? <laughs> That's an April Fool's joke. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were very solid in the first half of the season. And even though they dropped five of their last six, I don't think it was to the tune of so many points that they came back around. Washington football had a great defense. So I'm a, but I'm going to go on the other side here. I'm going to say that's a, it's an April Fool's joke. The Pittsburgh Steelers allowed less points on the season. You you are hot. You are red hot today because that is also correct. The Pittsburgh Steelers allowed 312 points last season and the Washington football team allowed 329. I was hoping that you were riding hot on the fact that like we were so like basically for six weeks of last season, all we picked in our DFS was the Washington football team. So I was really hoping that you were thinking about that and you went with you were hoping I was hoping that you would have bought that. It was close. It was close. You know, I had to I had to get into the mind of the mad scientist over here. So am I I the mad scientist? Absolutely. Is it because my hair? When you it's because my hair. Nah, just I just know how you get down in the lab, bro. I, I, That's I, dude. It's it gets wild, I man. Admire. <laughs> it gets wild. So, so I got two more for you before we get into our draft talk here. Okay. The NFL last season, NFL teams Ooh. went for it sixty-six percent of the time on fourth and one. Is this an April See, like Fool's joke? I like what you did here because. This could be April Fool's spe- either way. It could be more. It could be less. <laughs> there, this, there's a lot of specifics here. There, there's a lot of specifics here. So I just give you that. Just let you think about that. Fourth and one. 66% you know of the time. I am going to say April Fool's because I think this is too low. I think fourth and one teams have gotten like used to the thought process of we can get one yard. You know, it's an offensive style league. Uh, I think they went for it like 68% of the time. So that would be your first incorrect answer. I'm really glad you did ah. not beat me here because that is incorrect. I thought it was really funny. I know how much you hate kickers, and these are punters more more specifically. The average NFL game last season contained just 7.4 punts. There has never been a full season in league history in which that number has been below 8.4. So wow. last season was history-making in the amount of punts that did not happen because of that stat there where teams just went for it on fourth and won 66% of the time. And just to go deeper on that, last season it was 57%. The season before that was 44%. And then back in 2012, it was actually 35%. So really going for it on fourth and one is just getting bigger and bigger and more popular. Yeah, so last one. Last April Fool seeing if you it is now you have it's two to one. So I need to tie it up here. Christian McCaffrey was one of 17 players with three multi touchdown games this season. Also, a lot of particulars because, like, are we questioning that he did it? Or are we questioning that there were 17 players who did it? I don't know. That's up to you. That's up to you for to decide. Oh, wow. I'm going to say this is true. Uh, he had three multi-touchdown games in the, if I'm not mistaken, the three games he played. So I know he did. I do question if it was 17 players or not, but uh, I'm going to say this is true. I'm going to say this is not April Fool's. This is real. You went three for four out of the April Fool's game. You do not get cute. fooled. You do not I get got fooled. cute on the third one. I should have. I went too high. I should have said it was good. I, I was like, eh, it's not enough, but that's okay. You I'm did. Like, no, you did. I, I, I thought Mr. McCaffrey. 
I, I thought that was insane. But if you think about it, yeah. though, if you think about it, though, it really isn't. Because if you really break down this question here, Christian McCaffrey was one of 17 players with three multi-touchdown games this season. That's literally 17 players. So that's 17. Actually, it just says players. So that's yeah, wide receiver. I would assume that's wide receivers included. That's insane. I would. That is, that's, yeah. that's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot happening there. I think it's, it's a lot happening there. But because you're assuming they're not they're not counting the QBs, right? Uh, and that that shocks me. You'd you'd imagine that receivers would have multi touchdown games more than that. You'd imagine a couple running backs would have two touchdown games just from one yard pounding pounding in the goal line. But you know, eh, you know the stats crazy. numbers never lie. So they say. Yeah. It numbers never lie, and AJ is the king of April Fools. He will not be fooled, although I did fool him once. He will not be fooled again. He did it. He went three for four, ladies and gentlemen. But that does it. Happy April Fool's Day to everybody. It's not a real holiday. Get out of here. See you tomorrow. <laughs> That's it. Show's over, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> but no, no, really. We, we have a great show ahead of us, though. Again, in just a few moments, to be diving into our picks from one through eight, what these teams need to do, what they need to be on the lookout for, and everything in between. But there is something very, very important that we got to get off our chests early on in the game, and you know what that is, okay? Everyone knows what that is, and it's time to load up those fingers, baby. AJ, oh. tell these beautiful people where they can find us at. Well, we are now starting the Twitter push. So go over to at roughcut underscore sports, hit that follow at Facebook, Rough Cut Sports, and on Instagram, the Rough Cut Sportscast. Hit those likes, hit those follows, hit those shares. Head over to, to YouTube. You already got the Instagram. Now head over to YouTube. Also leave a like. Also hit the subscribe button. Also hit the notification button. And tell everybody the Rough Cut is where it's at. And of course, we are brought to you by Halftime Sports Collectibles, the number one place to get all of your sports memorabilia needs, whether that be a signed jersey, whether that be a signed cleat, it is there over at Halftime Sports Collectibles. We talked about opening day being today. They dropped a big-time uh, Cincinnati Reds signed helmet. I can't remember who it was. You'd have to go check out who it was. But it's a big-time player from the Cincinnati Reds on there. Signed and certified, baby, from Halftime Sports Collectibles. Go check them out. The number one place to get all of your sports memorabilia needs. And this show is brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Network, a proud network that the Rough Cut Sports cast is a part of. We love being Doing a part names. of the Belly Up Sports Network family lots of great shows on there please go check them out but realistically hey you're here for one thing and you're here for one thing only and that's these two these two sorry these two beautiful faces here yeah there's just a lot there's too many directions but hey it's time to get into this draft and we take a look at the draft order here it's, I mean, it is burned into our memory at this point for us on the show. It's the Jags at one, yeah. the Jets at two, and there was the big-time trade that happened a couple days ago that saw the San Francisco 49ers move up to number three, Falcons at four, Bengals at five, Miami Dolphins have snuck back in and got to six, the Lions at seven, the Panthers at eight, and just a reminder, this is what the trade looks like for those three teams that were involved, the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Dolphins all moving around. Big time shakeup. AJ, are you, are you still feeling the effects of that one? Yeah, man, it's residual for sure. I, I actually had to tell the story today about my uh, mock draft release and what a whirlwind of a Friday that was and 
all within an hour just came crumbling down to the ground. So uh, feel free to keep looking at that mock draft. That looks ridiculous now, but it was super old. And Devontae Smith wasn't in the – You mean this one? You mean this mock draft? Yeah, is this what we were one. talking there's about? Still, there's still a lot there that I'm okay with. There is. Uh, but there it's is. switched around. It's switched around a lot. So, yeah. There is. There, there is There is. still a lot of juice there that you could definitely uh, sink your teeth in. But, hey, the Jags have the first pick in the draft, and this one is Jack the Wilson. most obvious pick. I really don't think we need to spend too much time on this. It's Trevor Jack Lawrence. It's, get out of here. Get out of here. It's not just me on the show. AJ is gone. Notice how I didn't been climbing up the draft boards. He's been he is, up he the is, draft he, he is. But I, this is Trevor Lawrence. This has to be Trevor Lawrence. There's no other, even Urban Meyer. And hey, you you brought this up. This you're a big fan of this. The fact that a coach, like if you're first, if you're first overall, you should not take forever to make your pick. You should not take forever to to punch that ticket yeah. in. And, and pick your guy. And Urban Meyer was just asked about the, the Trevor Lawrence thing, and he did not pull, hold back any punches. He was like, it's it's looking like that. It's looking like Trevor Lawrence is going to be a jack. Like, that sounds like pulling back punches. It's looking like it's going to be Trevor. You but should it, know. You should you know it's Trevor. You can't obviously point. say that. You have to do your due diligence. You have to. You have to. Uh, who? Who who in the NFL family is looking at the Jags like there's a chance they don't take Trevor Lawrence? Nobody. Who's Nobody. Nobody, Nobody at all. Nobody <laughs> like, at all. The fact, there's not, I mean, it doesn't matter that you tell at that point because they're going to come with trades whether or not. Because guess what? The person who's looking for a trade is also looking at Trevor Lawrence. So t- let us know the deal. It's cool. We know the deal. So whatever. But let me ask you this, Vinny. It, 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 it is looking like a short thing that Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jags. I feel like, I feel like, I don't know if you've come to terms with this situation yet. How do you feel about Trevor Lawrence becoming a Jag? Are you excited? Are you worried? Do you think this is the changing move that your franchise needs? Are they going to the playoffs next year? Is he the new boat? How do you feel about this? Is he the new boat? Get out of here. I'm not, I, Honestly, I'm very excited for this to happen because we talked about it. I've talked about it all last season dur- during the season when it was the battle between the Jets and the Jags for that f- first overall pick. I was like, look at all these, look at all these April Fools jokes coming in. Sorry, you know me, ADHD. <laughs> look at all these April Fools yeah. jokes. It's unreal. Uh, the, the Kittle but, one was funny. He did that himself. Oh, it was <laughs> George Kittle. It was. Yeah, he, he put that on himself. Yeah, that that one was good. But no, back to this Trevor Lawrence talk though. We go back to November. I remember this conversation with Dylan and uh, I was telling him about how the Jags need this culture change more than the Jets do. And that's what Trevor Lawrence brings is that big time culture change. But I don't think this is getting talked about enough. Uh, And obviously this is nitpicking, but Trevor Lawrence does not lose. He does not lose football games. I I think he... He, he what? In fact, he started 56 high school games and 29 collegiate contests, and he didn't. He only lost three games, three games since high school football that Trevor Lawrence has lost in his entire football career. Basically, only three losses. All on the so, biggest stage. True, very true. <laughs> but and it's just it's just how he and the, and that well that's a that's a good point though. You brought up you brought up the playoffs thing and you uh, losing in, on the biggest stage. There's no time to battle through that adversity. 
You lose, that's it. You're done. There's no battling back. There's no next game to prove yourself. So Trevor Lawrence has not had to de- – and I'm, and again, don't come in here and say, why are you nitpicking Trevor Lawrence? He's, a, he's definitely going to be the first overall pick. You have to start – you have to nitpick at these things, okay? You have to be real with yourself. Trevor Lawrence is not perfect. Nobody's a perfect prospect. Even Patrick Mahomes was not a perfect prospect, okay? So you have to know these things are, are, are coming, okay? And it, it's really alarming to me that you see Urban Meyer – and you see Trevor Lawrence, both of these guys are not losers. They are born winners. That's the type of culture that you need here in Jacksonville. But how are they going to be able to handle the adversity? That's going to be the biggest thing because you're not going to go 16-0 or 17-0, I should say, in the NFL. That's not going to happen. Right. But it's just you just cannot do that. They're going to have to deal with the adversity, okay? I, that's what I have to say. That's what. That's it. Plain and simple. Okay. Plain and simple. Okay. So you still thinking Trevor's a bust? <sighs> Don't do that. <laughs> you know that's our that's our like our highest video on uh, YouTube is will Trevor Lawrence be a bust? And it's you worried about Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, it's it's it, it is it is. But on on your side, on your side, like. I obviously think of like have my concerns. Is it do you as an outsider have these all these thoughts as well? I mean, I think he's the most sure quarterback prospect we've seen since we've gotten uh, Andrew Luck. You know, when he he pops up on the screen, he's been talked about being the number one pick since he was a what a freshman, a sophomore in high school. And you, you hear that, and you're like, all right, let's see what this kid's about. And I won't say he wowed me at Clemson. He was very, very good. He did spectacular things, don't get me wrong. But it wasn't like I've never seen any QB do anything this kid has done because I feel like the Deshaun Watsons of the world, the Patrick Mahomes of the world, the Andrew Lux of the world were doing this stuff as well. So I, I think he's going to come in. He's going to be a solid QB. He's going to be someone you can draft around. I don't think he's an immediate answer. I don't think you guys are going, you know, to the Super Bowl next year. If you do, like, kudos to you. Great turnaround. <laughs> but also be prepared to sit back and wait for a little bit as well because that that's, that's some flash in the pan type stuff right there. Yeah. And there's still a lot of holes for the Jags to fill. They have another first-round pick. I believe it's at t- pick 25. So we'll eventually get to that as we get closer to draft time. Uh, but there's still a lot of holes to be filled for Jacksonville. But Trevor Lawrence is the obvious pick. Go down, Going down the list here, now the New York Jets are on the clock. And this mm. is where we can start talking about a little bit more interesting things here, more fun things that it's not so sure. And the first thing I have to point out here is – the talk about the San Francisco 49ers moving up. Okay. And if they wanted to get their quarterback, why not try to trade for pick number two? There are reports out there saying that they didn't even try to reach out to the jets to trade for the second overall pick. You talk, you have to, you have to be aware of the, of the connection that the 49ers have with new jets head coach, Robert Salah, who will used to be the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Obviously there's that speculation there that, Hey, maybe they know something that most teams don't, but they know it because of the 49ers. So maybe they moved to three instead of two because they knew that they were not going to be able to get their quarterback at two. Is there because a world the Jets- where they moved 
is there a world where they didn't move to two because they want uh, Robert Salah to have a good start to his career? I mean, they don't have to no. worry about the Jets unless this is unless, a, they don't have to worry about the Jets unless no. they play in the playoffs. This football. is a business, man. This is a business. No mm-hmm. one's doing that. The only mm-hmm. thing I did think of that you made me think of though for this is maybe they knew the Jets weren't getting a quarterback. Maybe they were looking at it like, okay, hey, it's going to be okay. Like, we know that they're not going to get a quarterback, so we can move to three and get the guy that we want because we know the Jets aren't going for him. I, I there's, there's, wh- which side are you leaning on here? Uh, I, I think that I think they took the best package where they didn't have to give up too, too much, something stupid, ridiculous that you can't recover from. Some Ryan Pace, Chicago Bears type stuff, you know? Uh, I, I think that they, I think they do believe that the Jets are going to get a QB. But even if they do, I think they have a solid feeling that they're okay with whatever options will be there at three. They know they're out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. So you have to start asking is two absolutely Zach Wilson. If you think about what the NFL is saying from team to team to team, it's looking like he is. See, that's where you put that, Urban, where it's looking like he is. Zach Wilson has been a prospect who we didn't hear too much about, and then all of a sudden just Zach Wilson moving up boards, moving up boards. Zach Wilson, second round to first round. Look at that arm. Look at that cannon. Zach Wilson's definitely going to be a top two QB. And now it's being said there's no way he moves past two. Like, if if the Jets aren't supposed to take Zach Wilson, they're supposed to trade out of that spot. I don't know how you decide that that's the situation that the well, Jets can do whatever they want. For that. And, and and that's what this show, this show is more of, of, a, of for, for everyone watching, this show is more about us breaking down the potential fits for each team here at their, at their respective position. And, because this isn't a mock draft, we're not going to break. We're not going to say okay that they're going to take and, and agree on who they're going to take here. But if it's not Zach Wilson and they decide to keep Sam Darnold, it has to be a pass protector, right? It has to be Panay Sewell, right? Better be. It yeah, better and, be. And, yeah, and how, I feel like and how you can't. I get it that you have to get weapons too, but I think that you have enough. Weapon, you have you have to protect your investment, and we'll get into that with Cincinnati's pick. I think we'll get into protecting your investment a little bit more. But for the Jets, it's either offensive lineman or you get your new quarterback of the future. Right? That's it. If if you want weapons for the Jets, you you address that with your second pick in the draft or your first pick in the second round. This pick up here, you didn't spend all of free agency bolstering up the receiving core to not get here. The only only weapon that is okay for them to grab at two is Kyle Pitts because yeah. Chris Herndon ain't oh. the dude. I'm oh. sorry. He's been oh. hurt. He's been injured. Oh. He does. He Don't. hasn't produced enough when he's there. And, and, and Buddy. still you go Kyle Pitts. Like he's fantastic, but at two, I would take so it. At two. That's the only weapon that I, I know I'd do it too. I understand. Like, honestly, <laughs> oh, man. like if somehow the first pick was someone with a QB, could you imagine a tight end Kyle Pitts going first overall? I told I told my buddies at work today, and I believe if Chris is still, I assume Chris is still in the chat here. I told my buddies at work today, I was like, if the Jags didn't need a quarterback, I would have the Jags take Kyle Pitts with the first overall pick. He is yeah. that special. He is that yeah. impressive. A team that has desperately needed a tight end, and that's where the Jets are. I mean, it, it, I don't think it's crazy to have them take Kyle Pitts at two. Obviously, obviously, everyone looks at it like it's crazy because you don't take a tight end at two. But really, he is not a tight end, but 
if they do take a quarterback, you don't do stuff like that until you need to do stuff like that. Yeah. You always talk about, you don't take a running back that early. Leonard Fournette went four overall, you know, before that Todd Gurley at 10, you know, in between that Christian McCaffrey at eight, you talk about, you know, remember when edge rushers became the new norm and that was the big deal and they're going number one overall. When you have a can't miss prospect, it's about how you feel about that player, what they can do for your, your uh, system immediately. And Kyle Pitts, is a game changer. Kyle ding, Pitts ding, is that ding. type of guy. So it, if if they don't take a pass protector, a pass protector, and this and they go weapon, Kyle Pitts is the only option there. Or we're gonna have so much to talk about come draft night special on what the hell the Jets are doing and why they're doing. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And, and, yeah, exactly. I, honestly, I've been talking to my dad the past few days. I saw, uh, I believe, someone's mock draft that they recently put out had the Jets taking Travis Etienne. And uh, Panay Stool with their first, their two first round picks, and I was like, that is a dream scenario for the Jets, man. Yeah. If you get your, if you get your your guy, if you get your running back, and you get your your offensive lineman there, that is that is huge, man. That is, I'm pretty incredible. sure that's but, what. I'm pretty sure that's what Todd McShay has in his new mock draft. I think he has ETN going to the Jets and uh, Najee Harris going run after him. Like kind of like the old, the very first couple mocks that were coming out and people have that. You saw a couple go away from that. They're like, that doesn't make sense with everything happening around. And then they pop back and it's doing it. They're doing it again. ETN to the Jets and Najee Harris to the Steelers. I don't know if that's how yeah. it goes down, but that's it, in the it's, coming weeks. It's always, funny. It, it's always funny seeing the mock drafts out there because it's like, I, I told Bailey this the other day. It's like the mock drafts at first start off kind of like what it could end up being. And then they start getting crazy yeah. because you can't just really keep releasing mock drafts of the same picks. So you have changed it up, yeah. but then you start getting back closer to draft season. And then it really starts getting back to that, that norm. But again, you go to the mock drafts, you see Zach Wilson to the jets is like the most popular, the most popular thing, which then leaves you, the San Francisco 49ers who have now moved up to pick number three. Most believe it's going to be a quarterback. And there's a lot of talk about, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. Zach, I I can't Zach Wilson. Shouldn't even be the second pick. Okay. I, I, I I needed to get this off my chest. I needed to get this off my chest before we even move any further at all. Let's get hot and heavy here, boys. Let's get hot and heavy. Zach Wilson should not be the second quarterback off the board. Are you in? Are you in agreement with me on that? I I am in agreement with that. I I I really it hurts my heart that we are just overlooking Justin Fields. Like you take you take an entire quarterback's body of work in college, and you're like, this is why they should be great. Or this is why they should be bad. We take two games from Justin Fields and say he's overrated. How? Explain yeah, that to it, me. How does that work? It it doesn't make any sense. And I heard Bucky Brooks on Colin Coward the other day talking about how we are underestimating what Justin Fields truly is. And Justin Fields, I think we have, because he's been on the stage for a long time, we have nitpicked him to death that we're talking about him being maybe the fourth or fifth quarterback, which is ridiculous. If you look at what he did at Ohio State, 78 total touchdowns. Look, he had nine interceptions. People remember the two games, Indiana and Northwestern. Oh, he got stuck. He looked this. He looked that. How about we remember the two games against Clemson? When on the same field with Trevor Lawrence, we can make the argument that Justin Fields was the best player yeah. on the field. 
And so if you think about a guy who plays against elite competition, who dominates elite competition, because they're dominant games that we can point to where he dominated, you bank on those guys. Josh Allen provides a blueprint for how to evaluate Justin Fields. Josh Allen was one who I had questions on. But you see him, because of his, his gifts, he goes to Buffalo, they build around it. If someone takes that same approach with Justin Fields, I'll come back here in two years, and we're going to talk about, oh, my God, how do we underestimate Justin Fields? We had that same conversation last year about Justin Herbert. It is about someone taking where they are and running around. I mean, that – you. you I, the the biggest what, takeaway what? from his comments there, though, was the fact that we've had we've seen a lot of Justin Fields, and we've had a lot of time to nitpick at him. Justin Fields, AJ. He he, that was a great sound clip. I mean, everything he said is spot on, and partially because it's been the talk of the town. You think back, we were having these conversations when we were doing our college shows. It was Justin Fields against Indiana, Justin Fields against Northwestern. It's ridiculous to me to see how much they nitpick. You remember how I broke this down about what Justin Fields was going through. Justin Fields against Indiana, once again, coming off of a COVID game where they couldn't play a week. Justin Fields before Northwestern, once again, a COVID game in the middle. They never got their footing behind him, but he never wavered. He still understands what needs to happen. He makes great decisions. He he understands the idea of, finding your read, looking for it. And if it's not there, making something happen. Is he aggressive? Does he like to throw deep balls? Of course. Do you know why? Because the NFL is a passing league now. And I want to go back to this whole conversation about him not being good in Indiana and not being good in Northwestern. We talk about not being good at Indiana, but you know what people remember about that game was the fact that he threw three interceptions. Nobody talks about the fact that he had 60% completion rating. Nobody talks about the 300 yards. No one talks about the two touchdowns. Oh, not to mention they came out with the win. To me, yeah, there's a couple things that can go differently. One bobbled ball, that's an interception. You're really putting all of that on Justin Fields. Then you talk about Northwestern. Yeah, horrible game for him. 114 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. But you know what they don't talk about the Northwestern game? How absolutely great Northwestern's defense is? Northwestern had 18 turnovers on the season. They have the safety that led the FBS in interceptions. They were number three in the Big Ten on defense, if I'm not mistaken. Like 2.1 uh, turnovers a game, 11, 11th ranking in the country. This defense was great, and he wavered. But guess what? They still had a win. We didn't even talk and, about Clemson yet. And that goes back to the thing we talked about and I, that I brought up with Trevor Lawrence. And I'm, I'm not saying Justin Fields is better than Trevor Lawrence. He could end up being better than Trevor Lawrence. But right? what I said with Trevor Lawrence, battling adversity, facing adversity and overcoming it in the season. In During the season, you have those hard times and you overcome those hard times. And then you have a, you have an opportunity to do that. Trevor Lawrence has only lost at the championship game, so he doesn't have time to have him fix it and adjust, make the proper adjustments to get better. Justin Fields, in the, that Northwestern game, had the time to make the adjustments, and then it ends up coming back out of that to yeah. make those adjustments. And let's not forget here, guys, Justin Fields went down in this Clemson game that he threw six touchdown passes in, okay? This hit here took him out of the game for what was it just a play though this hit that's the no nasty i think hit. he came back at the i think he came back at the no, half no, no, if i'm not mistaken yeah he ended up coming back and then it's just this 
he ends up coming back, battling adversity, throws touchdown passes, clearly hurt. I mean, this is a guy who has battled and battled and battled through adversity. And I mean, what he's done in this game is incredible. It's it is incredible. 22 for 28, 78% completion rating. People don't talk about this. Justin Fields is one of the most accurate passers of those top five. He his completion percentage is better than Trevor Lawrence. It's better than Zach Wilson. It's better than Trey Lance. The only person that's not better than is Mac Jones, who only threw to open receivers because nobody can guard oh, yeah. Alabama receivers, apparently. He did. He did. Am I lying? Every single no. I, I bet when we get to Mac Jones, every play, wide open receiver. <laughs> no, and that, that that's and it's so a, funny as as we clip these highlights, as we clip these highlights and we go back and look and we do our research on these guys, it's so funny to me seeing like the other day when we were trying to pick out the Kyle Trask highlights for your mock draft show, I was like, man, these Kyle Trask highlights really just seem like all Kyle Pitts highlights. And then the, the same thing with the Mac Jones highlights. I'm like, man, these Mac Jones highlights seem like it's all Devonte Smith highlights. But when you see Justin Fields, it's him throwing – and I, I, I want to go back. I want to bring this back up. I want to bring up his highlight package again. He throws an absolute missile, okay? His yeah. throws are absolute darts, okay? Yeah. Obviously, he has the rushing ability that you can see here, but when he makes those plays and when he's throwing the ball, he is throwing absolute strikes. And, and I as I clip these – watch this. This throw right here in particular. Oof. There are Jesus. three Penn State defenders there, obviously behind him, but that ball has to be in a perfect spot. That is a dart through the air on – oh, my God. It's what Justin Fields Two does. favorite receiver who he didn't have in the Northwestern game, by the way. And, but and the, there's the adversity. There is that adversity that I see, and I see this question here from Chris asking, other than Trevor yep. Lawrence, who will have the best NFL rookie season? We're talking about him. Justin Fields. I don't know if We're it'll be that it. season. It might not be this season, but Justin Fields well, has the potential to be the best player coming out of this draft. Facts. Okay. That that but, yeah, I, I think it'll be this season, especially especially if they, if the draft does freak out the way we think they are with Justin Fields and he drops to someone like Carolina. Let him go to Carolina. I think that'd be a fantastic spot for him. Uh, it sucks oh, that they man. lost Curtis Samuel. I hope they find themselves another another talented receiver or a tight end, but. Let him, go, let him go hang out with Christian McCaffrey. My God. I'm, I'm afraid yeah. of that backfield. <laughs> it, I mean, oh, oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. my. So, But yeah. we move on, though. Back to the pick that we were originally moving on to, the San Francisco 49ers at pick number three. And we talk about the quarterbacks and who should be going and where they where they land here. That's not it. This is it. The The quarterback <laughs> list, see Wilson, Wilson likely to go to the Jets. Jones has been rumored to be the quarterback to go to the 49ers. And there were reports today, and obviously this is not even reports. There were report, there were it was a clear sign when we saw Kyle Shanahan attend Mac Jones's pro day instead of Justin Fields. They had him at the same exact time. He made he he brought up the fact that Justin Fields might throw again, but this is Kyle Shanahan defending why he ended up going to Mac Jones's pro day. You know, we, we have people at all the spots. You know, a lot of people we trust and people we meet with here over the next month. I normally don't like to go to them a bunch um, unless I feel I need I have to, unless I have to for some reason. But um, I also have been kind of grown up in the idea that 
you, you don't like to go everywhere and show people things. And when you're sitting at 12 and stuff, I don't want to go to a bunch of quarterback pro days and things like that. But he ended up going to a quarterback pro day. And the one quarterback pro day he decided to go to just so happened to be Mac Jones. And this is not to say he's not going to go check out Justin Fields. It's not to say he's not going to go check out Trey Lance. But his first pro day and his comments there, he did not hide the fact that he doesn't really like going to quarterback pro days. And the one he did go to was Mac Jones. Yes, he sends other scouts to see these other co- these other quarterbacks. But he himself wanted a look at Mac Jones, and he, again, does not like going to other pro days. So this right here screams to me Mac Jones to the 49ers. Does it not? I think we're reading too much into it. <laughs> I really? Think we're reading too really? Much into it. I, how, bro. Okay, so. Bro. And I'm not, not, not at you here, but. You a week ago, you didn't even believe Mac Jones should go in the top 25. And now I don't we're know. sitting here talking about him at three. Do not I don't like, I don't nuts. think he should be at three. I think Matt, I, I I was asked this question the other night from Bailey. Bailey sent me a picture and it was basically asking to compare the 2018 quarterbacks, the Lamar Baker, Darnold, Rosen to the yeah. the quarterbacks of this year's draft. Oh, and Lamar. Sorry, I didn't throw Lamar in there. Yeah. But it was asking me to compare those quarterbacks to who will be the quarterbacks of this year. And I was like, Mac Jones could easily be the Josh Rosen. That's who it could yeah. be. That I, 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 I and I and I'm an Alabama and, fan. And that and that's that's kind of why I think uh we're reading a little too much into this because it's one of those things where you he might be the QB that everyone feels they really don't have a read on. And that's a good reason for Kyle Shanahan to be there. Kyle Shanahan can grab a quarterback in the fifth round if you want, and he'll find a way to make him a stud of sorts. You know, you took Jimmy G to the Super Bowl, and I'm not saying Jimmy G is trash <laughs> or anything, but you know, you didn't look at Jimmy G as a perennial Super Bowl contender year in and year out or anything. So I think he's going to this Mac Jones Pro Day. It's great timing. They just move up to three. We now know they're going to see a quarterback. Let's go see what this Mac Jones conversation is about. Mac Jones does a lot of good things. But if you can't give him a bunch of wide open receivers. And and, and realistically speaking, you probably could have stayed at 12 and still got Mac Jones. I don't think anyone's aggressively pursuing Mac Jones, but I think it is a a good thing to bring up though, that, that, that was, that just so happened to be the quarterback he went to other than uh, this is another pick where it just has to be a quarterback, no matter what quarterback it is, we can go back through the list of what quarterbacks are there. It has to be a quarterback here. You don't move up to three to not draft a quarterback plain and simple, whether it be Jones, it should be fields. I don't think it should be Lance and I'll get into my, 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 uh, I'll get, I'll get into my Lance talk in a little bit with the, when we bring up maybe the Carolina Panthers. Um, but either way, 49ers on the clock at three, they're going with a quarterback. Now your Falcons on the other hand, this is where it gets wild, dude. This is, I don't, we have, we, we have these, we're going to pull the curtain back again. We have all these nice visuals and graphics for all these picks and whatnot. (laughs) When we were discussing what we were going to do for the Falcons, we did not have a direction 
because the Falcons don't have a direction. They're, they're, they, could go, <laughs> they could go defense. They could go offense. They could go pass rusher. They could go linebacker. They could go corner. They can go offensive line. They can go tight. There are so many. And it's not to say the Falcons have a bunch of holes to fill, but there's just – there's these little things that they could fill that, okay, maybe they do have, have a, bunch a bunch of holes to fill, bro. <laughs> a bunch but of holes way, to fill. So take me through where the Falcons are, what they need, and what names we should be on the lookout for. Stupid 49ers and Dolphins ruining my thought process for the Falcons, even though it may not be completely out of the realm of possibility. The Falcons want to and need to find a way to trade out of this spot. You need assets. We are still trying to clear cap space before the draft. Like we, we, we're on the verge of not signing any of the rookies we draft anyways. Like they have to clear space. But the only team I can see is Denver. And I don't think they're coming up here to get a QB well, if it's not. Mm, yeah. What about Carolina? What about Carolina here? You, they we're they are they're with seeing- our division. Oh, that is true, not, especially if we're not trading like a, a back, don't do that. exactly. Yeah. If it's a, something like a offensive lineman or something, and well, even that we need. So, it, do you would you, okay? So uh, obviously, you said you don't trade within the division. You're not a Falcons like fan. You're a Falcons. Would you be okay with them trading in division for this? Because you want they you desperately off, want off. to you desperately want to trade back. And if if Carolina comes at you and says, hey, we'll give you eight, we'll give you our second, and we'll give you next year's first, are you trading back with your division? Nope, you're throwing something else on that. Uh, You're throwing something else on that. Another first rounder? Because maybe, even if it's a 2023, maybe. Because here's the situation, If and we'll talk about just that scenario. We know they are trading up for a quarterback. There's a lot of speculation that the Falcons could use a quarterback. There's Kyle Pitts sitting right there. There's Panay Sewell sitting right there. There are so many needs that they have, but they also need assets more than any of those players because they can draft back a little bit and pick up players close to the same production level as any of the guys I just named except for Kyle Pitts. So knowing that they're kind of going to come up and get a quarterback that we could have had if we decided to go QB, they're throwing something a lot better than that uh, for me to take it. And, and, that, that's a, that's still a hard go at it. So if it that's is. the case, at that point, you just go ahead and grab your QB. But I don't think they okay. want to do that. We are, we're still locked in and tied to Matt Ryan for another two years. It was supposed to be one, but that dead money cap was too big. We had to restructure again and again. And now it's a so, $40 million dead cap in 2022. So give me four names. Give me four names to be on the lookout for your Atlanta Falcons. For, him, for their pick four here at, at, at four. Four names for four. All right, um, Kyle Pitts. Yep. Uh, Panay Sewell. Then there is <laughs> Kyle Pitts, Panay Sewell. Uh, I also look at Justin Fields or Trey Lance. And <laughs> that's the Trey Lance one. That goes out to Trey Lance. But no, that's good. And I'm it, with it, you. They're wild card. They're wild card here at four. They are an absolute wild card here at four. But we go on to the, the Cincinnati Bengals here at five. And this is a spot where it's another one of those Justin Fields situations, not talking about a quarterback going to Cincinnati, but it's one of those situations where we're talking about a lot of different names here. We're really talking about there's been Jamar Chase has been thrown out here. Kyle Pitts has been thrown out here, but I, 
Panay Sewell's been thrown out here. Devontae Smith has even been thrown out here. Keep it. I haven't simple. heard that one. It, 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 ha, it has been thrown out there. Maybe not as much as the that others here. Yeah. But but a receiver for Cincinnati has been thrown out here and yeah. it shouldn't be. Cincinnati needs to keep it simple here. You have Joe Burrow coming off of one of the uh, uh, of so, an insane severe injury taking him out of the season he's he might not even make it back for week one there is a potential he's not even Jeez. back for week one it is that serious of an ACL injury where you need to protect your quarterback there should be no other person that should be brought up in this pick other than Panay Sewell okay this is a guy who is opening up holes it's it's uh, look at this. Look at this athletic ability. How quick he gets off of the ball, stay with stays with his the fast edge rusher that's coming after his quarterback. His ability to read the play, pick up the block and move to make sure that you are protecting your quarterback and opening up a hole for your running back. Look look at this play. Watch this. Nuts. He's this guy's a monster. Why yeah. is there other players thinking why, why are you, why why are there other guys even being considered for Cincinnati here than a Panay Sewell? Because you need to protect Joe Burrow, plain and simple. Yeah, I do like this question though. Uh, if if Sewell's gone, should do they reach for Slater or Darius? I don't think it'd be Darius. It might be Slater. I, I think it would be Slater as well. I would. I would. You have yeah. to protect Joe yeah. Burrow. I it's think, so I important. think they should. I think they should. But if Sewell is gone, it is almost a hundred percent they grab Jamar Chase. That I I can definitely see that. Because and and the fact that I, I I hope it's more, you know, speculation on the media than it is anybody in the in the Bengals camp talking about grabbing a receiver over uh over Panay Sewell or or a tackle or a lineman. But literally, Mike Brown and the Cincinnati Bengals should be going to sleep, crying every night because they have to miss out on some of these top pass catchers. You like T. Higgins. He's a good player. Um, you like Tyler Boyd. He's a good player. The only, once again, the only other name that you can put here that I'm okay with it because you need them to is Kyle Pitts. And still, yep. I think you need to go Panay Sewell if he is available. You, yeah, have, and- you have to protect Joe Burrow. Look at what you and had Joe Burrow doing last year. If you're going to yeah. line him up to throw 47 to 50 times a game, how the hell are you not going to protect him? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. It, and then, and, sure, a 439 for Jabari's face, but that's uh, not blazing fast that he's going to beat the pass rush. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, it, he is, Panay Sewell is just the, the guy that you need on your team. And obviously, there's, I think there's only one other spot he can go other than Cincinnati, and that is with the Jets. Maybe the Falcons play around with that idea of drafting him, but I really think the Jets are the only option here. If they do not, if he gets past them, he's going to be a bangle. He has to be a bangle. You just keep it simple with that, though. Yeah. But names to look for, like you said, Chase, Kyle Pitts, Panay Sewell. But I'm really glad you brought up the wide receivers, the wide receivers here, because you look at pick six, you look at pick seven. These are two landing spots for wide receivers here. And this wide receiver class is 
is very good. And I even threw Kyle Pitts in here because this man is a monster. This dude ran a 4440 yeah. as a tight end at his pro day. It is unbelievable. 40 for the number four pick. It, it, yeah, that would be fantastic. That'd be a dream for your Atlanta Falcons, though. But you look yeah, here at, at, the, at these wide receivers slash tight end, if they're available, I really don't think Pitts to, my, uh, Pitts to Miami could be a thing. Pitts to Miami could be a thing if he falls that far. I don't. I honestly don't think he does. But you look at these wide receivers. You look at their stats. You know their tape, AJ. Which of these wide receivers should be the first one off the board? Uh, okay. Um, we're not going to use Pitts. We just had a great conversation. I think we just had a great conversation about Pitts. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, maybe I just mentioned his name. Nah, we had I a track really, conversation about Pitts. Yeah, I, I really love these names. I do. I do think the number one guy in this receiving core is Jamar Chase. Uh, I mean, you look at the numbers and you want to jump at Devontae Smith. He had a whole a whole extra season on Jamar Chase, and he had Mac Jones and the loveliness of being wide open all the time. Uh, but he, his size is a big question still. He's a great route runner. I get it. Jamar Chase is a bona fide number one in the NFL. He reminds me of a better Kenny Galladay. You know, I, I think about a better Kenny Galladay when I see him. He can run blazing fast. He can jump. He can get to jump ball. He's good for multi-touchdown games. He's good for 1,500-plus yards. He, he, know, he knows his stuff, and he wants to get better and get better. He's that type of leader in a receiving room that you can lean on and and make your guys around him better. So uh, for me, the number one guy in this group is Jamar Chase. I don't see. I don't know about that. I, I don't. Jamar Chase is a special talent. I think something has mm-hmm. to be brought up, though, that we talk about when we compare and look at like the quarterback position, like a Mitchell Trubisky. Not enough game film. Not enough game. Not not enough. Look, look, 24 games. That's not that much. That really is not yeah. that much, okay? He's, he's basically good for one touchdown a game so far. Uh, <laughs> he's put up over 2,000. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But, Imagine what what do those numbers look like had he played last season. In, in so that, so that to you is not a concern. So that to you is not a concern no. that the amount of games no. that he has played. And then and then also we, we haven't even mentioned this. This has to be brought up too. This he did not play last season. He has taken a whole yeah. season off. And yes, I get it. You're working out. You're working out. You're working out. Workouts are not the same as as a game experience, yeah. though. Workouts are not the same as a game experience, though. But yeah. I'm okay with. I, I I don't hate that. Again, I'm not. I I I try and pride myself on not being biased towards Alabama players or any of my other teams. I don't think Devonte Smith is the best one here. I think it is. It could be Jamar Chase. It could be Jalen Waddle. But I think out yeah. of these three, I would honestly, it could be Jamar Chase's size, his skill, his yeah. talent. And if he goes to the Bengals, man, oh boy, watch out. He's going to be reconnected yeah. with with, uh, with Joe, Burrow, Joe Burrow. And that would be a nasty, deadly combination. But if you're Miami and you're on the clock here, I think it should be Devontae Smith, though. Yes, sir. Hey, because so, you have so that the story. The story I told today about my mock draft was how uh, the Dolphins bailed me out from forgetting somehow to put Devontae Smith in my top 10. Uh, They bailed me out. They moved back to six. And that's where they're going to pick up Devontae Smith. I even have it. So I may think Jamar Chase is the best receiver in this draft. But if he's not gone by six, 
I I think that they the Dolphins still take Devontae Smith. I think they want to reconnect him with Tua, one of his favorite weapons, uh, a different type of player than Devontae Smith, a gifted route runner, blazing fast, great hands, and he's a leader. He's a humble leader. I think I think he fits better in Miami's scheme than Jamar Chase, but also Jamar Chase could fit anywhere really. So, it, and I, it's a I, I like I love the Devontae Smith here. It's a comfort thing for Miami for yeah. for Tua. You get your quarterback a, com- a receiver he's comfortable with. We talked about it before. Letting Tua cook and, and and letting him loose, bringing in a guy like Devontae Smith, someone he's comfortable with, is a great thing. But with Miami here, it's just pass catcher, right? This is oh, yeah. they they moved back in. You you bring back up the trade here. They moved back, and then they moved back in, and this was that prime location with the Eagles as a spot where they're going to draft a wide receiver moved into that spot and it has to be a wide receiver. So one of these wide receivers here, Oh, that's the quarterbacks. Whoopsies. Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle. That's where that's going. And I feel like the same thing could be said though, for the Detroit lions is a wide receiver here. You lost Galladay. You lost Marvin Jones. Is it as simple as what we did with the Miami dolphins for the lions? It's you, you plug Jalen Waddle in there and you don't think twice about it. Uh, Jalen yep. Waddle is a great fit for them. He's a fantastic it, receiver, and you know there's not too much to say about him because he spent last season hurt. But if you remember the season before, this kid was a stud. This kid, he's blazing fast. He's better than Henry Ruggs, who got who was the first receiver off the board last season. I think if oh be my a, God, if Alabama had both Henry Ruggs and Devontae, it's so Henry sad. Henry Ruggs, I, no, be he's going to be Nelson Aguilar. He's going to be Nelson Aguilar. He, <laughs> I mean, but it, it's just. It's just one of those things where you you look at what they need. I don't care that you got two receivers. Rashad Perriman and Tyrell Williams are just placeholders on the roster. They'll catch some passes. They'll score a couple touchdowns. You need a receiver. You need help. Because TJ Hawkinson hasn't even came into his own yet. He's been decent. We like what we see out of him. We like the potential. But another thing is Jared Goff needs that different style receiver. You need an outside speed guy like Rashad Perriman. You need a big body want to jump up and get the ball like Terrell Williams. You need a slot guy, a fast guy, a route runner like Jalen Waddle, and an all-around oh, what a, game changer. What a bad signing so, that was. Terrell Williams. <laughs> what a bad uh, signing that was. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't think he got I don't think he got a fair chance at it either, though, because I would have loved to see what he actually did do, what he actually could do in Oakland. But that was also before Antonio Brown went crazy, left him all by himself and he got hurt. So frozen foot. Yeah, frozen foot. I want to bring I want to bring his comment up. I'm not going to answer it just yet. I want to save this one for final countdown. I just want to let it be known to everybody. Final countdown is going to come up in just a little bit. And this will be the first question we answer in the final countdown. Who are the top five players who opted out last season? So AJ prepare for that one. But last but not least, though, we go back and it's the Carolina Panthers. Okay. A, a potential move it they could move up maybe atlanta does the deal with a fellow team in the division maybe they move up to number two maybe the jets finally agree that they want finally come to terms that they want to keep sam darnold but they want to move back they move back to carolina and then carolina gets their quarterback you look back at this list here there's (sighs) wilson could be a lock at two and then jones could be a lock at three then Mm. It would be a steal for Carolina if they get Justin Fields. But I can't the reason why I bring this up is it can't be Trey Lance. I I do not like 
Trey Lance here. I, I don't like him at all. I really don't. He is that quarterback, and you can rag on me all you want about this one when I bring it up. I don't like – A, I don't like quarterbacks from small schools. I'm not a big fan of graphing quarterbacks this high from small schools. I get it. There are quarterbacks out there that, that are from small schools that do great. Most of them are not drafted that high, okay? But Trey Lance also – I believe Trey Lance did not play last season. He Am, am, I, am I remembering that correctly? Game. Trey Lance did not play last season. He played oh, one so game, he played one and game. he was a stud in that game, and then he opted out. So exactly. Yeah. So he opted out, and it, it was – you just can't be that from a you can't. You, there's too many red flags with Trey Lance. Small school, didn't play, not much tape, not much production. I mean, yeah, he, he 28 touchdowns and zero interceptions. In in, in not, not a real. Let's be real here. He doesn't. He doesn't play. He does not play big time teams. Okay, he does not play big time teams, big time defenses. So Trey Lance could be a real bust here. He could be a real bust. He's up there with Mac Jones, my bust candidate. Headline headline from The Athletic. Trey Lance film analysis. Small school and little film won't keep him from being drafted high. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> the first Fantastic. thing that pops up right when you see what Trey Lance is about. I Look, I'm not a fan of Trey Lance going this high either. I think there's a lot of question marks out on him as well. The thought process of Mitchell Trubisky, Daniel Jones comes to my mind. I do think he's got better talent than that. I think he's got so, more athletic ability than that. But again, I say this to you all the time. We're probably correct in how bad he's going to be, but the NFL consensus is that he's good enough to go top five, maybe wild. top 10. And, That's wild yeah. to me. I, I'll, I'll so, say this, though. You, you mentioned that uh, you know Justin Fields might be there after three. If that's the case, I do think Atlanta would take Justin Fields. I think they would question true. about Mac Jones and Trey Lance, but I think they would jump at Justin Fields. Yeah, that, that could that, I mean, I would I that would be fantastic to see if they did that. Last question though regarding this Trey Lance thing before we kind of tie it back into Carolina. Trey Lance or Kyle Trask? You personally, you personally here cuz we obviously know the consensus is all about Trey Lance. But Kyle mm -hmm. Trask was a Heisman finalist, not a fi I shouldn't say mm -hmm. finalist. He finished in the top ten. Yeah, he finished in the top ten for the in the Heisman race. Okay, Trey Lance did not. And well, <laughs> I, I know, I I know, but Trey Lance or Kyle Trask? Honestly, though, it's for me. It's still Trey Lance. It's still Trey Lance. I I know, I know. There's not a lot of tape. <laughs> I know he plays a small school. Yada, 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 all of that. I get it. But when you watch him, when you look at what he's capable of doing, he, he's very intelligent about the game of football. He's got great footwork. He, he sees the field quite well. He's got a huge arm, and he can move out of the pocket. He's got scramble, he's got scramble ability that rivals Scramblings. very few. <laughs> I was trying to make scramble, scrambility a word, but it wasn't, it wasn't going to come out that way. <laughs> Trey Lance's scrambility is unreal. It, New word of the day. Ding, ding, ding. Scrambility. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he, he's going to – I mean, there's – like any other QB, he's going to have things he needs to work on in the NFL. It, it's amazing that he hasn't thrown any interceptions in his college game because if you look at it, a lot of people will tell you that his accuracy is very inconsistent, and that's something that they worry about. Yet he hasn't thrown an interception in college. So, 
I think his I think his I think his IQ, his IQ, his footwork, his intangibles are what gets him drafted a little higher. And Kyle Trask, we know once he gets drafted, will be a uh-huh. developmental uh-huh. project. So. I didn't. Have, okay, so you still think? So yeah. you personally believe? You personally would take Trey Lance over Kyle Trask? Yeah. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, well, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Trey Lance is going to get drafted higher. Yes, we all know that. That's that's clear. But I honestly, I think I would go Kyle Trask over Trey Lance. It's because you've I seen Kyle Trask. I will. I will. I will. You're scared I to play the fear this. game. I will ice bucket challenge you this when we're on ESPN or when we're on the real, real, real big network when the rough cut like finally makes it. We're gonna come back to right. this because we're gonna be able to tell if Kyle Trask had a better career over Trey Lance. And we'll come back to this. We'll come back to this. But last thing, Carolina, four players to look out for. Obviously, one of the quarterbacks here listed. I would also throw in because I don't think it's a I don't think it's a a guarantee that they go quarterback, but they could go offensive line, they could go wide receiver, they could go. There's a lot of things I mean, that Carolina can do. There's the, I mean, the cornerbacks are projected to go right after this. So there's nothing saying that they can't steal a Patrick Sertan, a Caleb Farley, a JC Horn right here. Oh, yeah. They, they do. That's a good pick. It's funny. We talk so highly about Carolina and all the things that they're capable of doing, but they have a lot of work to do. They've got a lot about, of pieces they need to fill in. They need a lot. What about a Micah Parsons? What about my, I was about to say, what about a Micah Parsons yeah. here? That would be a fantastic pick. So they're, there's the Carolina Panthers. There's our preview of the first eight picks in the draft. Jags, Jets, we Niners, Falcons, Bengals, exactly Dolphins, Lions, Panthers. Boom, 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 boom. You're not going to want to miss next week when we do the, the next eight, okay? Uh, that, that's where we really start to get into the the who are they going to take, where are they looking, and it's not so guaranteed. I see some arguments like Trevor next week. Yep. Oh, yeah. Loading up, baby. Zach so you're Wilson not going to. AJ, do you have any last words other than that? <laughs> Yo, we like nailed that like in an hour. It was an hour. I we were at seven. I was like, wow, we're getting kind of close. We should really uh figure that out. And uh next thing I know, we're like, and that's how we do it. It's one hour. Yeah, like, yeah okay. It also, okay, okay, okay. So it also helps that six and seven were tied in together with the wide receivers here listed in that. That that really came hey, in. That really you kept don't always have to open really- the curtain. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I like to pull the curtain sometimes, back. These some, beautiful people yeah, at home I do too. That. But sometimes, sometimes we just got to look like we actually know what we're talking about. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. But that's it, truth. guys. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Please stick around for the final countdown. I know, again, behind the curtain stuff, I know there's not that many people in right now but hey share this video right now and people will join in and your friends will join in and get into the conversation of the final countdown share 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 aj tell them where they can find us at you can share it at rough cut underscore sports on twitter with a little retweet you can share it at rough cut sports on facebook you can share it at the rough cut sports cast on instagram somehow some way put it on your story be like look what i watched last night it was fantastic and then leave a link to youtube hit the subscribe button and that notification button and then tell everybody 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 
everybody. And of course, we are brought to you by Halftime Sports Collectibles, the number one place to get all of your sports memorabilia needs, whether that be a jersey, whether that be a helmet, whether that be a signed cleat. I believe Kelly ended up getting his signed Brandon he Jacobs did. cleat, which is fantastic. Fantastic again. stuff from Halftime Sports. Let's give away more stuff. Yeah, we should. Let's give away more stuff. Hey, I mean, hey, you beautiful people at home, do us a favor. Share, 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 and invite your friends to like this show. And if we get to a thousand listeners before, what was the math the other day? 42 <laughs> likes a day, something like that. 42, 42 likes a day. Something, something along those lines there. So 42 likes a day. It's very, very simple, guys. Your friends will support you and them supporting you supports us. We appreciate you guys. Tune in. Stick around. Final countdown is coming up. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.